the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back for the final hour at 7.05. I'm Randy Corpin, your pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism. Ready to kick some you-know-whaty and take a few you-know-whats. And, uh, man, we've got a lot to do between now and the off-year elections here locally. Some very important races we'll get into as we get uh, back into the gig here. And, of course... The most important election of our lifetime. We've said it so many times, and it has never been more true coming up next year. But in the meantime, we've got some business to do with the Colorado State Republican Party. And been a lot of text messages about this. Was hearing about it even earlier in the day on my cell phone. People texting with questions about what is being affectionately referred to as the Bonniewell Amendment. And uh, Chuck Bonniewell, dear friend, former host here at 710 KNUS with his wife, Julie Hayden. And uh, they do a podcast, which is fantastic. And this Amendment 7 is an amendment to Article 8, voting and proxies. And it's very short. Here's what it says. Where a state statute requires an approval of at least 70% or more of the total membership of the party's state central committee to approve an action, the failure to submit a ballot by a Colorado Republican committee voting member shall be deemed for all purposes to be a vote in the affirmative on the proposed action. That is a new approach. Usually if you don't show up, and you don't send in a proxy, then your your vote's just not counted. So there's been some confusion about this. There have been some complaints about this. I've heard from a number of people who think it is a terrific idea. I thought we'd go straight to the horse's mouth and bring back my good friend, now current Colorado State GOP chairman, Dave Williams. Dave, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Randy. I appreciate it. You bet. And it was good to see you this week at the Western Region Fly-In, sponsored by the Republican National Committee. What would you think about that? I think it's great. I think any time the National Party can come into a state like ours and help train uh, not only our personnel but also uh, others from around the, the, the region, the Western Region, uh, then we're going to be better off in 2024. Yeah, and there's some good stuff happening and that I'll be interested in sharing with uh, listeners and with activists at meetings as the days and weeks ahead come on and I, as I sort of get you know back into things. But coming up, man, it's just a week away, The what will be your first central committee meeting. So um, explain to people what's going on next Saturday, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. You bet, you bet. Well, next Saturday, um, the primary purpose... Uh, for Republicans meeting uh, together in Castle Rock will be to elect new vice chairman. Priscilla Ron, our former vice chairman, resigned so that she could run for office in Douglas County. And uh, now we have to go ahead and fill that vacancy. And as a part of that process, I decided to throw in a number of housekeeping uh, bylaw changes that we needed to get through. And that's, uh, I suspect, a part of the reason why you're getting a lot of interest in what's coming up Saturday. So Chuck Bonniewell, uh, pretty well known along, among listeners to 710 KNUS and, and likely many who listen to this show. 
He is a voting member on the state central committee, and voting members can propose bylaws. Uh, you were on hold when I read this particular uh, very simple language here. Uh, explain to folks what this is all about. You bet. You bet. The first thing that I think for everyone to consider here is that state law, as it's written, the government, forces the uh, uh, Colorado Republican Party to assume the position of no-shows on this one instance. We're really talking about a vote that's connected to the opt-out. And the opt-out has a threshold uh, saying that total membership needs to vote in the affirmative 75% in order to actually effectuate the opt-out. Well, as a result of that, uh, no-shows, people who don't show up, um, are counted against the denominator, meaning it's as if they voted no. Um, the party, however, gets to define its rules, its membership, and ultimately how one would vote. And so the argument that Chuck is putting forward is instead of penalizing you know, people who show up and want to fight for this, let's go ahead and flip the script and allow these votes to be considered in the positive, the affirmative. Um, and I think your listeners have to understand no matter what, it's going to be it's going to be assumed one way or the other. It's either going to be negative or positive. And we don't get to count no shows as ab, you know, abstentions or non votes. Um, we have we have to pick one way or the other. And ultimately, I think uh, we need to go ahead and do something different because the threshold for opt out is impossible. It was deliberately written that way. And uh, the left wing you know, government, the unaffiliated activists who supported the open primary law deliberately wrote it that way so that the party would never opt out. Um, this, you know, amendment that Chuck put forward gives us the chance of actually um, opting out, maybe, right? It makes an impossible task a little bit more likely, um, provided there's enough support. So the amendment itself, um, I think, is necessary so that we can at least have the option. Talking with Colorado State GOP Chairman Dave Williams. And Dave, you never know who's listening. Uh, obviously, activists, people who've been involved in these battles for a while know exactly what we're talking about. But let's take it back a step further and explain to people why this open primary is an issue for uh, for Republicans. You bet. You bet. Right now, we have an open primary law that was passed in uh, about 2016, I believe, the voters uh, narrowly passed the open primary law that allows any unaffiliated voter to, you know, engage in any Democrat or Republican primary, but they don't have to affiliate. The problem with that is it's a violation of our First Amendment right to the freedom of association. Um, ultimately, we want Republicans picking Republican nominees, and we're currently pursuing a lawsuit to that end as an aside. But in any event, um, the drafters of that proposition came up with the so-called opt-out as a way really to just avoid some sort of a court challenge, even though, you know, even though it would never be enacted because 75% of a total membership is unheard of. Um, you know, we, we feel that if, uh, if we can pass this Bonnie will amendment, that it at least preserves our option to pursue an opt-out and actually close the primary, uh, and do something different. So, you mentioned um, you mentioned the lawsuit, and I just want you to know I reviewed what is very close to the final version of the complaint for that lawsuit. Um, so I know we're getting close to the possibility of letting that baby drop as well, and that's that's good news. 
because the last time the Central Committee was asked to vote on the issue of fighting to overturn the unconstitutional proposition, that vote was unanimous. And I'm guessing those sentiments have not changed. No, they have not. And it's a shame that it's taken, you know, two years to actually get this going. Um, It wasn't a priority for the last administration, but it is, you know, a priority for us. And we're going to pursue that lawsuit, but we're also going to pursue any and all means to change the way nominations are done for the Colorado Republican Party. We can't afford to keep letting people who don't have our best interests at heart nominating weak candidates for our party. And that's a part of the reason for the lawsuit and for the uh, Bonniewell Amendment. Ultimately, the I had the opportunity to argue uh, on day, the day two of that lawsuit the last time, and the federal judge who ruled against us uh, in not overturning the proposition uh, in sort of a mocking way. It was really kind of I, I thought the judge was very professional and asked good questions and, you know, very experienced and old Carter appointee, in fact. But he was sort of mocking of those of us who. Uh, came riding in to try and um, take this action without the support of the state party. We couldn't get the support of the state party last time. That will not be the case this time, correct? Correct. We're fully supportive of this lawsuit. We're going to partner with everyone we need to uh, in order to get it overturned in court. And again, it's a travesty that it, it lasted this long. The prior administration really didn't make it a priority. They didn't want to overturn the open primary uh but we do and we're gonna we're gonna pursue this action as well as others to try and correct this wrong so another point of clarification people at the meeting on august what is it august 5th that's this coming saturday um castle rock uh, the rock church is it yeah yep yeah the um that is not the vote to opt out. All this is going to do or try to do is to change the rule so that the impossible hurdle, 75% of the entire membership is what's counted, uh, whether they show up or not. And in the past, the, when someone doesn't show up or send in a proxy, that then that vote is treated as a no vote. And this is going to flip that so that you can't you know, try and defeat this by just not showing up. Or if you have an emergency or can't come or, or, you know, whatever the reason is, because of this impossibly high percentage, three quarters is what it says in the statute, but that's 75% of the entire membership. Usually we don't even have 75% of the entire membership there. This is going to at least get us past that hurdle. And the party has the right to make this rule if it wishes and enough people vote for it, correct? Correct. We're not doing the opt-out vote on August. We're state after September. This is just a rule change that allows for us to have the option to actually pass the opt-out in September. It's still going to be a hard hurdle to pass it, but I think what you stated is very key. All all no-shows currently are already considered a no-vote. They're already defined. And what's uh, problematic about that is opponents to the opt-out have engaged in voter suppression. They have encouraged folks not to show up to the opt-out vote as a way to prevent the opt-out from actually passing. And if you if you oppose the opt-out, so be it. But do your job. Show up and vote no. Don't don't take the coward's way out in most cases. I know there are emergencies that pop up, and I certainly don't begrudge those folks. But the folks that willingly 
stay home because they're encouraged by the opponents. That's that's unprofessional. That's not right. And I think it's uh, you know come high time that we change the rules to allow you know for a little bit more uh, flexibility on passing the opt out, but certainly incentivizing folks to show up, do your job. If you don't like the opt out, show up and make arrangements or get a proxy. I was in Alamosa a week and a half, almost two weeks ago with a multi Republican party event, a bunch of, you know, small counties had gotten together for an election event and the sentiment there on, on overturning the open primary, getting that stopped, that unconstitutional, um, open primary tossed is still very, very high down there, but it's, uh, these people have to be in person or send a proxy in order to vote at this meeting in Castle Rock on August the 5th, correct? Correct. If you can't make it, and I understand because this was short notice due to Priscilla's resignation, uh, but you know, we are trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get their proxies into us. Um, or make some other arrangements uh, to help get them to the meeting. So, and what's what's what are the limits, ramifications, or processes for someone giving a proxy? Um, as long as the person you're giving the proxy to is a registered Republican and lives in the same area you live in, uh, you should be able to uh, give it to them, and they'll vote on your behalf. So, in other words, I live in El Paso; I can't take a proxy. You know, from someone in Weld County and vice versa. You got to live in the same in the same county, and if you're an elected official, they got to live in your same district. But that's it. Just be a registered Republican and live there. Give them a proxy, and you, they can vote on your behalf. Now, if you're connected to me or Vera Ortegon, the Republican National Committee woman for Colorado, um, I don't think the county thing applies because we are statewide elected officers. Well, you you can certainly give your proxy to anyone in the state. However, um, however, they can't necessarily give it to you. They got to be able to, you know, if if they so if so if someone lives in Pueblo County and they want to give your the proxy to you, they can't do that. But so they'd have to give it to Vera because that's where she's at. Okay, correct. Good. Well, I'm gl- I'm glad I brought that up so you could clarify it because. I, you know, I'm still new enough at this. I've got to sit down and reread these rules before these meetings. And, and I always do, which is a good refresher. Um, so, but if I decide not to show up, I can just give my proxy to anybody in town, huh? That makes me special, I guess. You can. You can, as long <laughs> right. as they're registered Republican. So you have come out in favor of um, Chuck Bonniewell's Amendment 7. And what kind of pushback have you been getting from people about it? What complaints are you hearing about that position? You know, I haven't heard uh, as much, you know, all the criticism and objections that uh, were there prior, that's about it. No one, I think, begrudged me for coming out. And I think a part of the reason is because I, in my announcement, I said that I would, you know, relinquish the gavel for the question to our uh, temporary chairman. And I think that's necessary because we want everyone to have faith in the process, whether you're a proponent or an opponent to the Bonniewell Amendment, we want everyone to know that everything was above board, everyone got their say, and the vote was the way it should have been. Whatever the result was, it was the result. So, it, it seems a little hypocritical for people who can can vote no by not showing up to complain that for this one particular limited, very important, but limited issue where a threshold has been artificially imposed, not artificially, you know, the voters said do it and this legislature did it but 
But this incredibly impossible threshold has been imposed to uh, to be able to flip that rule around to at least trim some of the some of the impossibility out of this effort doesn't seem like an unfair move to me. It's it's not an unfair move because it is narrow in, in scope. It's limited just to the opt out. Chuck's going to offer an amendment to the amendment that makes it clear, you know, more so that it's just to the opt out. And ultimately, I would say anyone that's morally outraged, quote unquote, or clutching their pearls over this should should also understand that it's it's not right to have these no shows counted in the. We don't get a choice. We can't. We can't not count them one way or the other. So I would argue, let Republicans decide how they should be counted, not not the left wing statute that's in our law. Well, it's a very creative approach, and uh, I mentioned a moment ago about these kind of the hypocrisy of of people who think it's just fine that if you don't show, that's an automatic no, which. Uh, goes against an already virtually impossible threshold in in most circumstances. But I I love what you just said. Let let the Republican Party just simply decide. I assume that the vote on that rule, on that amendment, will just simply be a simple majority of those present. Is that right? It's actually, it's still a hard uh, thing to do. You you actually need two-thirds of members present to pass this bylaw. Okay. so, but but it's members present. It's not like yes. the opt out where it has to be everyone. So if you don't show up on this, we're not gonna, we don't have to count it in the denominator. So just whoever shows up, sixty six percent of us have to agree, and then it will be the new rule. Well, I just love the creative efforts uh, and and attempts to find ways out of this deep, dark morass and hole that the Republican Party has found itself in. Um, we're starting from a dark, a deep, dark place, and uh, uh, that requires creativity and courage and bold action, and uh, you don't seem to shy away from any of it. I really appreciate that about you, Mr. Chairman. You bet. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Those who don't want to make the change have to realize that this isn't working what the establishment of the past, the failed leaders of the past are advocating for is to continue on the suicide mission of not making a change. They want to stick their heads in the sand, and we can't afford to do that. we got to do something different if we're going to win. Text message that just came in. Loved Dave's ideas at the Tea Party meeting. God, we need help and big changes. Bonnie Well Amendment would be a great start. I pray he can keep that fire burning. People from both sides are gunning for him. And that's another Dave um, sending that your way. <laughs> well, we'll do our best. And, yeah, he's, he's not wrong. There are Democrats and, unfortunately, some Republicans that want us to fail. But if we fail, that means everyone fails in Colorado. So let's try to do what we can to resist that and win the day. All right, Dave. Well, appreciate you taking some time out of a Saturday night to explain this to everybody, including me, because, again, I've been out of the loop so much. It's uh, I, I feel like a, a novice sort of tiptoeing back into the to the swampy swamp. But I'm glad to be on the side of change and um, appreciate your efforts in that regard as well. Have a good rest of your weekend. I uh, love your wife and God bless her. You too. Thanks, Randy. All right, that's Colorado State GOP Chair Dave Williams. We'll get to your phone calls when we return. Are you ready for me in there, Blake? Yeah, it's almost 725, so we'll get to our break. We'll come back to your calls when we return on 710 KNUS. Starting to wind down. Just weird. My body is different 
now. <laughs> and I, I'm sure it's going to get back to normal eventually, but uh, energy just... And uh, I don't know. I I feel like I'm family, like your family, when I'm on the air, so I don't mind sharing some of the weirdness that's been going on now for the last eight weeks. But um, it does feel good to be getting back into the swing of things and to be throwing a roundhouse here or there or reminding people that, you know, folks who took the vaccine and, and the boosters and even though they got COVID after and on and on are having problems that uh, more and more evidence is coming out of just what a disaster that that whole idea was. And then I love reminding you, we, these are some of the old clips that we play all the time about this liar, cheater, and potential mass murderer. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. That first one is August of 2022. And then the second one is what he said back in October of 20 in the height of COVID. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Just unbelievable. And as long as we're doing some of the old favorites. We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. That's a little less funny now because we are seeing some job recovery here in the country. But KGB, Karine Jean-Pierre, such a babble mouth. And then this one. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. A apparently, we still have people complaining about those of us who are relentlessly pursuing the truth about the 2020 election. And, you know, that truth doesn't necessarily include yet machines flipping votes or overturning votes. The risks are there. The exposure is there. The admissions to, you know, being attacked, attached to the Internet or being able to be contacted by the Internet and some of the um, irregularities in the software, the way votes spike at certain times and around an entire state or whatever. All of those things are continuing to be pursued. But the idea that we can't talk about those things in the United States of America, the idea that there's no evidence that the 2020 election was messed with, even though we now know that the FBI was influencing Twitter, was directing Twitter who to take down, what stories to share, uh, to stop the Hunter Biden laptop story that we now know is 100% true. And yet still people say no evidence of a stolen election. It's simply incredible. And I'm so glad that Donald Trump doesn't back away from it. My um, good friend Joel Gilbert, the filmmaker who did the Michelle Obama 2024 documentary and been saying that she's going to be the nominee all along, just tweeted this. I saw it during the break. Trump. This must have been during the rally. I didn't get to hear any of it, except we played you a minute here and a minute there. But Trump just polled the audience at his rally. He asked how many thought Joe Biden would be the 2024 nominee. The crowd yelled no. Then he asked if it would be someone else. They all yelled yes. And Trump agreed. 
I saw that scroll across the TV screen during the rally that uh, Trump, and I think that's the first time Trump has said that Joe Biden might not be the nominee. Watch for Michelle Obama to start making her moves. But back to this election conversation. Um, We had this last week, too, but we never really got to any of the audio because the show went a different direction from my first visit back after eight weeks. But this was Greg Gutfeld on Fox talking about people who question election results. And remember this before I play it. Democrats, Hillary Clinton said Russia was going to influence the election, said Russia influenced the outcome of the election when she lost to Donald Trump. Democrats have been making these claims, filing lawsuits, challenging the Electoral College votes for decades. Why is it only when an election goes against us and the president of the United States encourages people to peacefully protest and whether by the hook or crook of influences from the deep state or otherwise, it goes ugly. But no actions that were taken by the president, by Congress, were illegal or unconstitutional in any way, shape, or form, simply using the tools that have been available in our constitutional republic since its inception to question something that doesn't look, smell, or feel right. And we have to shut up. We have to be called conspiracy theorists. It's it's insane. It is crazy. And I think that uh, you'll be educated by what Greg Gutfeld had to say about it all. You have people saying that the country will not survive Trump. Then your moral duty is to cheat, Right. And you should cheat it like if somebody is telling everybody that this person is a modern day Hitler, it is your duty to do whatever is possible to stop him. In fact, if you actually play by the rules, you're a traitor. Right. So they created a devil that was so big and so vast, it made all actions permissible and it made every institution, as, as the judge was saying, subject to suspicion. Right. So you can bury stories, you can create hoaxes, you can fund smears. It can go anywhere because this person must be stopped. It's Hitler, an existential threat. And so what happens is now we're left and none of it's true. And so we had a half a decade hoax that infected and undermined every institution because we were made to believe this person is evil. And then people make fun of people who are skeptical about an election. Why shouldn't they be skeptical about an election when the DOJ and the FBI and the and the mainstream media and the tech companies and the Chamber of Commerce are all in on the same thing? Uh, why shouldn't the election be called into question? Right. Shouldn't a hero try to fix the election? Right. Shouldn't a hero do that? If you're up against Hitler, that's where we ended up. And you can't go and condemn people for so-called conspiracy theories when you were going around telling everybody this guy was worse than Hitler. Absolutely. I'm shocked that Greg Gutfeld is being permitted to speak mostly freely on Fox News because they've gone such a different direction. But just like Tucker, he was so he's so popular. His show is so big. I mean, they can't get rid of both of their superstars. But that was powerful and so logical and so true. 
anybody who gets beaten down and and pushed out of talking about the things that are important. And those of you who will tell you this is debunked, that's debunked, there's no evidence, uh, just tell them that there's a guy who is back to work on Saturday nights that will sit down with you across your microphone, your TV camera, your blog post, your newspaper article, and debate any one of these issues with you anytime, anywhere, and see if they're game. Because so far, that has not been the case. All right, how much time we got? The lights are all flashing, so let's take these in order. We'll start with Joan in Lakewood. Joan, welcome. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm hanging in. It feels good to be back. I'm glad. Um, I don't think anybody's um, listening tonight because they all had such a good time watching Trump and, and partying and stuff. Um, oh, thanks I a lot. Really... No one's listening, huh? <laughs> good news. I'm sorry, Randy. I'm just telling you that. No, John. Um, no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Trump was so great. All right, Joan, we've um, got a 15-second time limit on calls tonight, so you're at the end. (laughs) Oh, Randy. Hey, I do have full lines, so what do you got? (laughs) I'm a bonus member, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about what's happening on um, a Saturday. Okay. I am honestly impressed about some of the stuff that they're doing. They're having a forum for the vice chairs and Zoom on Thursday so we can all get to know them better before we get there to vote on them. They have sent the credentials through the mail, so all I have to do is take my credential and and have it whipped out and, and, and that's the end of the credentialing. We don't I'm not gonna have any of these long horrifying lines that we've had. Um, and then they got these lunches that you can order so that, you know, you don't have to run out and get lunch. You can stay in case it gets wild and crazy. And it's somewhat of a, 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 I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is that it's extremely organized. And I'm sitting here going, well, I first heard this and I kind of clutched some pearls and I kind of said, no, this isn't right. We don't do this kind of thing in America. And But the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, Randy, I got a choice. I can step off the cliff out into the air and not know what's going to happen next, or I can stand here and wait for the cliff to be eroding under my feet. I, I think that's a great analogy, and, and kudos to you for pointing out just these two simple changes, that we're not going to have lines to get into this meeting. And lunch, if you want it, you can pre-order it. It'll be there when you need it. I mean, we've had food problems. We've had refreshment problems. We've had line problems. And it, with a couple of pretty simple moves, those we'll see how it works. But it, trying something new, how can it hurt? How can we do any worse than we did last time around when it came to Election Day or some of the meetings that we had? So um, I, I'm with you there, Joan. And if I didn't have full lines, I'd let you go on. But especially considering the way you started this call, I'm quite happy to move on now. <laughs> I hope I hope you have a terrific weekend. I really do. Thank you for the call. Bye, Randy. All right. See you later. Jones line is open, 303-696-1971. Let's get to Jack in Wyoming, and then we'll have to take our break because uh, um, it's just getting too late in the show. But uh, we'll get the other calls on the other side. Jack, welcome back. 
Randy, I'm so happy to hear you're doing well. And I haven't, uh, anyway, beyond all that, Thanks, uh, we'll talk someday about this stuff because we've both been enormously impacted in a very similar manner, but not for the radio. Anyway, uh, your statement about there, the people that say there is no evidence, what, what they don't understand is there's plenty of evidence, but the politicalization of the courts throughout this country have basically refused to hear and allow the evidence. That's not the same thing as there is no evidence. And that's exactly what took place. And that's going to be that's going to be exposed here in the near future that that uh, uh, you go to your other callers. Well, I did, weren't you impressed by how Gutfeld summed that up at the end as well? I didn't catch that. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you for the call, Jack, and it's good to hear from you. And I, I look forward to having that conversation because we are in a very um, similar and sad um, team. We're on a similar and sad team now. And uh, and I'm finding out that uh, there's a lot of folks around who've gone through similar things, and it is helpful to have those conversations. So God bless you and thanks. All right. Well, Mike, uh, sit tight because we got to get this final break out of the way. Um, otherwise, we don't keep the lights on and we don't feed the producer. So um, stay with us. Final segment when we return on 710K in U.S. That was actually a listener suggestion from last week when we had our sort of recovery show. T. Graham Brown from 1990, if you could only see me now. And there's there's some phrases in there that fit fit pretty darn well. So we're in the final segment of the show and um, really appreciate you hanging with me. Um, impeachment was mentioned or I, I don't know what triggered this thought for me, but I heard Hugh Hewitt earlier in the week say that impeaching Joe Biden was a bad idea. And I want to delve into that uh, if we have time after we wrap up calls here. Let's uh, let's do that first, though. People who've been kind enough to hold on. Let's go to Mike in Aurora. Welcome, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Randy. So good to hear you again. I repeat it again. I follow you from day one on the other station, and you're the best talk show host on this station. And it's so good to hear you back on your feet and fighting for us out here in the heart of the beast, the Republican Party. If we had more people like you representing us, uh, the the common folk, the the real people, the down-to-earth people, then we will change the Republican Party. Um, regardless of these rhinos. And, okay, so uh, two issues. Um, um, What did you think of Rand Paul's comments on impeachment? I hope he's simply talking about timing. I mean, I agree we need to wrench out every single drop of of criminality of this this Irish-American criminal family in the White House. And second of all, it disappoints me maybe there's such anonymity between DeSantis and Trump uh, supporters. I, 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 yeah, I want your comments on those. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. Well, you probably, you, if you meant, um, you probably meant en- enmity, which is, you know, hostility toward each other. I listen, these are primaries. People get hot. People get hostile. Uh, it, it wouldn't, entirely surprise me if at the end of this primary assuming Trump is still standing tall and DeSantis is not uh, the two of them could literally come together as a team I it, things happen 
Uh, Trump is known for taking out his opponents in the harshest of ways. I assume DeSantis is a fighter and a humble man, and maybe he, he said early on he's not interested in the vice presidency. But anything is possible. You, you just don't know, because that ticket would be hard to beat, number one. But number two, Ron DeSantis then, if somehow came back into the populist MAGA conservative fold, would be able to um, easily then be the front runner for a presidential run four years from now. So now I don't know what Rand Paul said about impeachment. It sounds like he was against it as well, based on the way Mike phrased the question. Uh, maybe it was about timing or something else. But I do know what Hugh Hewitt said, and he said it's a bad idea. And that just shocked me. It just shocked me that for some reason, while we have this slim House majority and an actual criminal as the president of the United States, not convicted yet, I understand, but how much evidence do you need? How much evidence do you need about the money that's been found? About the way Joe Biden lied. He, we played the clip earlier of him insulting the Iowa farmer for daring to question him about sending his son over to in, to advise a company in an area he's got no experience, no education, no smarts, no nothing. His drug-addled son. We've got the text messages. We've got the whistleblowers. We've got the friends of the family. We've got the Hunter Biden laptop. All things that Joe Biden lied to us about. Crimes are involved. Sure has the appearance of crimes anyway, doesn't it? He lied to us to our faces. We played this earlier. It's short. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that, but you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do, but I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. <laughs> yes. And they're getting to know you better and better. And that's why the Democrat party is running away from you. That's why the New York slimes and the Washington compost are coming out with more truth about your disgusting family, your refusal to identify your own grand, excuse me, your own granddaughter. Yeah. Impeachment is a strong tool. Well, we don't want it to be the norm that the other party always impeaches the president. Why do we let the Democrats who've impeached Donald Trump three times why do we let them decide what the norms are? Why do we react to their bad behavior by saying, well, we can't do that when we have the opportunity? We know that impeachment is not going to go through because the Senate is controlled by Democrats. That's okay. What you get if you bring the impeachment process through the House is subpoena power. You get to bring people in. You get to accelerate and expedite the discovery of the evidence that we've already had, not just a taste of, but a fire hose full of. And we put them on the defensive. 
and we fire up our base. But most importantly, we have a fact-finding mission to get to the bottom of things. And we humiliate them the way they've tried to humiliate us. And I'm not about tit for tat. I'm not about, uh, you know, you made me feel bad, so now it's my turn. I've got a little bit of power. I'm going to make you feel bad. But you have to use the tools that are available text on this impeachment would put Kamala in the White House. Is that a better situation? That's never going to happen, texter. Kamala's not getting in the White House. Biden won't be impeached. The House can bring articles of impeachment, but the Senate votes on it and Democrats control the Senate. They're not going to impeach their own president. But by bringing the articles, you'd be able to do the investigation. You'd be able to to draw attention to what you're doing. Even the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine would have to pay some attention if their guy was impeached. And Kevin McCarthy, to his credit, he has proven to be pretty darn solid as speaker. Keeping his word, keeping his promises, speaking out clearly and articulately. Different odd sort of mannerisms, you know, and and whatever. He's got himself into that position. He made promises. He's keeping them, and he's been talking about impeachment. Why wouldn't you? It's the off year. All of these investigations, the media is covering them up. They don't report on all of this information that's out there. Could they avoid covering impeachment hearings? Sure, they'd selectively do it. Just like CBS refers to Mr. Trump or former President Trump, but it's President Obama. And every top of the hour news break has a racism component and a climate change component in it. And now this heat wave is hurting black people. It, it, it's so obvious and it's becoming more obvious to more and more people. So keep pushing it. Why wouldn't you? I, I really hope we see this happen. I, I would love to see what we could do with it. What Republicans could do with it would be a wonderful thing. A very nice texter wrote in and said, I listened to the all three hours of the podcast from your sort of recovery show last week, and it was beautiful. And I'd love to have the prayer cards that you read from your wife's services and sent me the address. Love it. Love it, love it. We will make sure that happens. I took a photocopy of I don't have access to these texts anymore. I used to be able to see them when I wasn't in studio. So I could follow up over the weekend. I could respond to you, get your information. So I snapped a picture of that one so that we'll be able to get back to you 100% absolutely for free. I should have brought up this impeachment issue earlier because... Uh, Clearly, there's some folks that think it's a bad idea, and uh, that's an interesting topic of conversation. But I didn't. Uh, Maybe we can pick that up, especially if the House moves more that direction next week. Next week, I will be here fresh out of the um, special Central Committee, Republican State Central Committee meeting in Castle Rock, and we'll have the results of that. Um, If it's not over by then, I'd be shocked, Uh, but I'll be here regardless. I can always leave a proxy with someone if I need to leave. But it should be interesting to see what Republicans are feeling. What direction do we go on uh, 
on this Bonniewell Amendment and as we get toward opt-out and toward the lawsuit that I promise you is about to drop to get the party out, to get both parties out of this unconstitutional Proposition 106. That should be terrific. Anyway, uh, the texts have been fantastic. The calls heated up at the end, but it was good for me to get a chance to sort of get things out of my system. I really appreciate you being here. Um, want to say goodnight to my dreamy girl. Honey, I love you, and uh, I miss you more than you can possibly know. But every single one of us is carrying on. And I hope up in heaven that you remember this. The one message that you must convey. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.